Let Lita take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Take your life out of the status quo. Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design and the Shops at Status and by the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Hello and welcome to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live for the first time ever at our brand new home and we're thrilled to be here and, and try out, you know, to do a remote. I think in the year plus we've done the show, we've never once done a remote. So this is our first time. That's not true. When did we do a remote? Before? When I had COVID. Oh, that's right. We did do that. We did a COVID show. That's right. I forgot all about that. Well, today's show on Status Life with Lita, it's her mission to bring her knowledge to help each of us design a life we love. My name is Derek Hayes, and I'm the host of the show, and it's my pleasure to introduce my life partner, as well as business partner. No. As well as... Beyonce, <laughs> your my, life partner. I was getting to that. Miss Lita Brooks. Hey, everybody. Hello. Welcome. It, it is wild. We're literally sitting at our dining room table, our kitchen table, and looking out over the backyard and doing this remote broadcast. So it's it's nice. Yeah, it's great. And But I will say we do have our producer, Mike. He's on the phone or on the call. He's always kind of handling things. So, hey, Mike. Mike is in studio. So this is kind of a, an interesting way to do it. Trying something new, right? We didn't have to get out, get all glammed up. And, and we're going to tape. Right, yeah, it right takes me forever to get all glammed up. I'm not good at that. (laughs) Well, let's talk a little bit about our summer and kind of what's been going on for the last month and a half. And I really feel like I have this saying, right? When it's someone, it's that casual conversation. Hey, how are you? Hey, how are you? My go-to response is always, I'm good, but I'm busy. And I almost feel like that puts a negative connotation on someone genuinely wanting to know how you're doing, but I'm busy. Well, that's true though. We are always busy. I know, I know, but I, I got to get a new something. I'm, <laughs> I'm good. Why can't I just say I'm good? I'm good. Kids are good. Derek's good. I don't have to have the butt in there, right? No, that gives also- it a negative spin, I think. But yeah. I truly am busy. It's true. I'm good, but I'm always going full speed. Yeah. But, and I, I guess it's just that the butt that I'm having a hard time with. We are busy and what's one of the reasons we are here remotely today. We just have so much going on. We have moved. We're here at the new house. I'm currently staring at walls that are sheetrock patched. We have moved walls. We've done so much construction. If you know, we are tearing this house up and renovating it from top to bottom. And you know, the problem right now in the home construction industry, as in many, many industries, there's just a shortage. There's a shortage of supplies, there's a shortage of labor. I have been waiting on the painter for over two months and cannot get on their schedule. We've been waiting on a stonemason, cannot get on the schedule, uh, waiting on a deck. I mean, everything. We, there's just not enough hands right now. We are sitting here mid-construction. Yeah, and one of the funny things about that is depending on what week you talk to them, the quote for, as an example, the deck goes from one price to another price based on the fluctuation of prices in lumber. Yeah. If we'd done this maybe a month ago, the lump of rice was way up almost astronomical and now it's starting to come back down, which is good. So potentially in the delay, we might actually save a little bit of money, which is kind of crazy. That's true. It was up 300%, 300% a couple months ago. Now it's up 40%. We're still going to pay a little more, but we need a deck. Our deck is currently bowing in the middle and I'm afraid for Derek to go out there and grill that the whole <laughs> thing's going to fall down. Well, so. on top of that, we have kids. She's got her too. I've got yes. her too. We're blending. Yep. We've got- Kids that have now started, one in elementary, one in middle, 
and then one that I'm taking back to college tomorrow morning. That's right. So yeah, we're taping now again, when you listen to these podcasts, I always say they live forever. So you may not be listening in August in real time, but that's what we've got going on. We just, we go a million directions. Uh, Derek, if you don't know, if you're tuning in for the first time, Derek is a very prominent attorney. I'll give you a little plug Uh, here in the Atlanta area. He owns his own law practice. And I own multiple businesses. I currently hold four LLCs with very active businesses uh, with teams behind each one of them with a fifth on the way. That's what I was going to say. We've got another one starting uh, very soon. In fact, we're, we're in the process now of, of uh, furnishing the store with fixtures, buying merchandise, all mm-hmm. those things to, to kick off probably uh, late September. I know, like she said, the podcast live for, lives forever, but ultimately late September will be the gold for potentially having a, a big grand opening. Yeah, another retail store uh, closer to Athens, Georgia. So my current store is in Gwinnett County, which is Metro Atlanta. But we are online. If you're listening to this and you live anywhere, uh, go check out statusmarketanddesign.com. That is the online store where you can shop. Everything on the store is handpicked by me personally all gorgeous home decor, follow the social media, and you can also, you know, kind of see how all my team of designers puts it all up for display. As well as the store in Watkinsville, you're also going to have a design company there as well. Yes, I'll have another design Yes, absolutely. But let's move on to today's show. What do we want to talk about? We have about? a great show. And, you know, I had a whole different show planned for today. And I decided to wait so the next show, I'll, I'll go ahead and give it a plug. Uh, we just came from the America's Mart in Atlanta. They have the bi-yearly shows. They have the big international show in January and July. They're doing some mini shows in September and March, but I was fully prepared to do my next show as the current design trends, because isn't that what everybody wants to know, right? You want to know what's coming up, hot off the press, what are the designers seeing, what are the colors? What's the color of the year, et cetera? Sorry. I was most interested in knowing what the color of the year is. My life is not complete till I know the You have color to wait for the next show. <laughs> I'm not telling you right now. You should know. You were at Mart with yes, me. I, I so Derek goes. It's so funny. So here he is. He's an attorney. He takes the day off work and he goes with the whole team and he loves it. You always have so much fun yeah, down there. But I'm also the pack mule. He carries. Everybody's back. I've got things strapped on my shoulders. I'm rolling luggage uh, (laughs) catalogs and freebies and but it's cool because virtually every vendor there has either uh, open food or open bar or both there'll be djs there'll be live bands there's all kinds of it's fun it's fun it's a trade show right they wine you and dine you so it's a lot of fun to go down there it's a lot of work yeah we went to a concert at hard rock cafe that was part of uh one of the the I guess you could say events that one of the, the uh, vendors was throwing for everybody. Yeah, I'll give them a plug, Link to Sales. Um, a lot of friends that work in that showroom. That's a really great company. And okay, so so enough about the mark. So that's the next show. And again, I've got a ton of information. Get everything up on my website, show you guys the current design trends. Well, the reason I decided to wait, and I'm really glad that I did. I had... A listener who reached out to me, she sent me an email to my status life with Lita at gmail.com. I'll give you that email address. If something sparks and you want to send me a message, please do. And the message said, Hey, Lita, I'm a big fan and I never miss your shows. Thank you. Her name is Heather, by the way. I have something I'm struggling with 
And I'm wondering if you could build a show around teaching people to make effective decisions. Okay. So my interest was piqued at this point. So I emailed her back and said, I need you to elaborate. Give me, give me a little bit more information. Happy to do it, but what are we talking about here? So what I learned in a follow-up email, she's struggling because she's in a management position at her job and she's trying to get employees to make decisions. Okay, fair enough. She's also struggling with her 16-year-old daughter who is described as the, she put quote, the most indecisive person I know. And I chuckle because don't we all have a 16-year-old, right? Who can't make a decision. She said it's like pulling teeth to get her to make a decision. Okay. So instead of replying and going back and forth with emails, I sent Heather my cell phone number so we could unpack all this a little bit further. So the rest of what I learned She told me that her daughter also struggles with some OCD issues, all right? I asked her, you know, general questions about her daughter. So she said she's 16. What's her personality? What's her interest? Just to get to know her a little better. So she's very sweet. She's outgoing only if you're close to her. She's very shy in social settings. Her interests, she likes dance, musical theater, But her OCD is causing a severe eating disorder, so she's not taking any classes at this time. So I found out that the issues with her daughter, that's a little bit more serious. She is in intense therapy, and I am not a licensed therapy. So there's a lot specific to that that I'm not going to be able to unpack. We're just going to talk about the indecisiveness and where some of this is stemming from, in my opinion. We discussed some of the frustration she's having as a manager, trying to get the employees she's responsible for to make decisions and stop relying on her for everything. So I really feel like that's probably where her her question stemmed from. I think she's probably heard, well, she said she's heard all the podcasts. So she knows I'm a business owner. And then I think the question with her daughter, she's sort of went, um, oh, I'm struggling with this at work and I'm struggling with this at home. I need your help. Well, I'm going to stop you for a second there and interject. I know, um, you know, Heather's clearly not, but if you're listening for the first time, the reason why Heather probably messaged you is because she knows you're a multiple business owner. You lead multiple teams of employees. You're project director for all kinds of things as an interior designer. So I think she wanted to know how you do it. So some of the things that you potentially do to empower your staff to make decisions. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking she's probably reaching out to you on that level to find out, I guess, tips that someone who's truly experienced in doing this and does it frequently can, can kind of point out for her what she could do. Well, thank you for that perspective. You know, probably true. It's, it's hard to see it in yourself. I mean, those are all the black and white things on paper. I own this. I do that. I own this. And even in my phone call with her, we were talking about the interior design position. And she said, how do you get your clients to trust you? How do you get an indecisive customer, homeowner to know, you know, exactly what you're saying? And, and that, you know, kind of took the conversation to a little bit, but it, it really is the same. Um, I've worked with many, many clients over the years that are extremely indecisive, which is why they hire a designer. And it's, you've got to have something really, really strong within yourself to a make them trust you and B, just make sure that you're guiding them in the right way. But again, that's the indecisiveness that they have and you've got to be able to overcome it. So now let's talk, how do we do it? Yeah. Right. How do I do it? Let's help Heather. So if you kind of go back over Heather's question, I think it stems from two different age groups or two different points, uh, two different scenarios, if you will. 
uh, she's a manager. I know she mentioned that, and she needs to lead a team, however big that team may be. And she's also a mom trying to take care of a 16-year-old daughter who's you know, struggling right now. So I think we ought to separate those two because that would be two different things to address. Uh, do you want to talk about the mom issue first, or do you re- would you rather talk about the employer or manager position first? I want to start with the younger age. Let's go with her 16-year-old daughter. I want to tackle that first. Okay. Okay. The reason I chose that, I do want to jump in with two feet because from the little I know in the conversation with Heather about her daughter, I was this girl. I was a dancer and I had no idea when I was 16 years old that my entire identity was tied to my sport. I loved the music, the performing, the costumes, the makeup. I just, I loved it. I loved everything about it. I practiced five days a week and I performed on the weekends. I never complained because I loved it so much. Well, unfortunately, it was all taken away from me very quickly. I was injured on stage. I did a beautiful jump split in the air and came down and my knee was completely rotated all the way around to the back. Wow. Oh. It was awful. Yeah. They yes, had to crawl off stage. My little four foot nine dance teacher was right on the side of the stage. She picked me up in the fetal position. I was now I'm five foot seven and bigger than my cute little dance teacher. Uh, so that, but that was it. My dancing was never the same ever, ever after that. And what was left after the physical injury healed was a very empty 17 year old girl. I had no idea who I was. And the crazy part is I didn't know that I didn't know who I was. Sometimes this is not conscious. You just, you're just going through life. Especially identity was purely wrapped up in dance. When that was taken away, then it was suddenly, okay, who am I? Who am I? Who am I? And I can look back and say that now, and and I'm going to finish the story and tell you how we got to this realization. It started manifesting in, okay, I'm 17 years old. I'm a senior in high school. I'm a young girl. I mean, how many of our kids, what do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to do? I don't know. They just, they have this kind of way about them that you, you may not know that they truly are struggling on the inside. It is self-worth and it is self-esteem. That doesn't mean that just because you don't know what you want to eat for dinner that you have low self-esteem. I'm talking about indecisiveness in a much bigger way. I'm talking about, do you want to get picked up at five or do you want to get picked up at eight? I don't know. And that I don't know means make that decision for me. I don't have enough in me to process all of this and make the decision for myself. So self-esteem and confidence, basically. hundred percent, hundred percent. And I'm going to tell you how I found mine. All right. I, I just explained that it was missing and we didn't know that it was missing. Okay. So what happened was very quickly without dancing five nights a week and dance on the weekends, I didn't have a really solid friend group. My girlfriends were all dancing and they had been for years. And now I was very lost. I was sort of jumping from, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go hang out with them. I'm going to do this. I'm going to go to this party, which was all new for me. And I went, and and I don't want to say crazy. I want to say wild. I went wild. I, it was, you know, Friday night football games and, and parties after and boys. Oh my gosh. I went boy crazy. Sorry, Derek. He's cringing right now. But I, I, again, 
I was absolutely lost and I was trying to find myself. So for the first maybe six months, this was all freedom and it was completely fun and wild and I was having a blast. But that all wore off and this empty shell of a 17-year-old girl was emerging. Anxiety was emerging. I started having panic attacks. I stopped wanting to leave the house. I spent an entire summer basically on my parents' sofa um, because now I was afraid of the panic attacks. And all of it started stemming from this hole that was in me. My parents didn't know what was going on. We went to multiple doctors. Of course, you start looking at physical. What's wrong? What's wrong? Well, there was nothing physically wrong. I was perfectly healthy on the outside and my body, but I was not healthy mentally. So the decision was made to send me to a psychotherapist, which honestly, that was life changing for me. Uh, I love therapy only because I've been through it. And again, I, I just can't say enough about what this woman did for me and the way that she changed my life. So I'm going to get right to the point and say, in doing the work, she's got a 17-year-old girl sitting in front of her, suffering from panic attacks, probably the beginning signs of depression because I was, was withdrawing from all my friends and family and suffering. And she starts digging in and asking me these self-esteem questions. And when I ask these questions right now on this podcast, I want you to mentally say to yourself what your answer would be. Because at 17 year old, years old, this woman said to me, why would I want to be friends with you? And I went completely blank. I could not give one answer about a redeeming quality that I had. I did not know that about myself. That's the ultimate level of indecisiveness. And she knew that I didn't know. That was the point of the question. I literally, I looked at her and I said, shrugged my shoulders, probably after five minutes of really hard thinking. And I said, I don't know. I'm pretty. Like with a question mark, I'm pretty. Would you want to be friends? Like, that's why a guy would want to be friends with me. That's all I thought. That's all I thought. And it, now I look back and I think, oh my God, like, how did I not know? But I didn't know. And she said, okay, your homework this week, You've got to think of five qualities about you that would make me or anybody else want to be your friend. And I am telling you, this was the, probably the most defining week of my life. I did that homework and I was so excited. And I came back to her and I said, I'm loyal. I'm funny. I'm sarcastic. I'm smart. And I'm a hard worker. Those were, and I could say them. And that was it. And then we started unpacking, you know, and, and that wasn't it for therapy. I mean, I had to get through, she was a psychotherapist. So she physically, the reason I went there is she taught me the steps to be able to handle anxiety attacks without medication. She taught me breathing techniques. She taught me how to use my muscles and sort of do the clench and release. You start with your toes and you go all the way up your body. And I would have to lay at night and do all these things. It was work, but I put in the work. And I came out a completely different person. I came out with self-worth. I came out with my self-esteem and I came out being insanely decisive. And confident. And confident. So much so that I feel like at this point in my life, I'm so confident. It can almost be a hindrance. It, it can almost be a little arrogant. 
I don't know, Derek, you can speak to that. Like, I almost think that's <laughs> how I like, like a trap. I don't want to fall. No, <laughs> like I don't, I, and I don't want to, I mean, I am a loving, loving person. I love people. That's why I do this. I'm just saying in life, there are sometimes when I'm so decisive, I will make a decision at the snap of my fingers, like done, 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 done. What else do you got for me? Just chew it up and spit it out. But I am telling you, it came from that work. It came from that defining point in my life. So to the core of the indecisiveness, it's all potentially cured or remedied, if you want to use that word, with building your own self-esteem and confidence and self-worth. I... I would say yes, again, not being a doctor, but having gone through that process. For you personally. For me personally, absolutely, yes. So Heather, thank you for listening and thank you for this question because it was able to unpack a story on here that I think is probably helpful to a lot of parents, a lot of parents maybe whose kids are all wrapped up in sports and they have no idea that when those sports are over, what is going to be left. Now, Maybe your kids have phenomenal self-esteem and they're athletes. That's great. We didn't even know it was missing in me until it was missing. All right. Well, I love your story and I know it's shaped you to be a very, very, very strong, influential, self-confident uh, leader and, and woman, the, the lady that you are. Uh, that's great. That's great. Well, let's, let's talk a little bit about adults. Okay. Let's switch to, to yeah, let's go to the second to part to um, how to be an effective leader to empower your staff to make decisions. All right. So we talked about a 17 or 16 year old kid. Let's talk about adults. Why is it so hard for adults to, to make decisions or to be decisive and especially in a managerial position or someone who a manager instructs, apparently that's what Heather does and to get them to follow through and, and do what she's requested. Honestly, I started thinking about my own teams my own staff, my own employees, I like, I call them, you know, we're all a team. And I started thinking about the individuals on my team that have the hardest time making decisions. And I started thinking about them as person, people and their personalities. And the ones that are probably have the lower confidence and the lower self-esteem, it, they, it just goes hand in hand. It really does. If you start looking at the people in your life, you can say, oh, yeah, they're very confident. They're very strong. They make decisions very, very quickly. So I started doing some research on this to be able to unpack this because I always, you know, in a teaching platform, I can give you my story, but I also need to be able to say, okay, Heather and everybody else, these are the steps to empower the team. Okay. You've looked at the team, you know who the people are. So now what are you going to do? What the research shows is in most cases, if you have the indecision in your life and it's translating into work, you feel that you are less intelligent, less outgoing, and less capable. And they internalize and, and basically think, wouldn't it be better if somebody else made the decision? I don't, of course, self-doubt and, and lack of trust which is lack of self-esteem. It's all points to the same place. That's why I wanted to start with the 16 year first. It starts at the exact same place. If you don't trust yourself, if you doubt yourself, if you feel you're less intelligent, they may, that may be the furthest thing from the truth. But if you're doubting your intelligence, you're not going to be able to make a decision. Okay. Well, I know you and I know how you do the research. So what did you find out were really the key steps in, in remedying that, taking care of it? Okay. So there... 
I don't know if we should do this first or last, because there are some things that you're not going to be able to say to your employees, right? Like as an employer, that's what I wanted you to sort of chime into. And I was going to unpack all that at the end. Okay. So let's just go with the action steps. I don't want to jump ahead, but I do feel like that's relevant, right? There, this has to be done in a gentle way as an employer, as a mom, things can be handled a little bit different, but as an employer, Again, there are some legalities here. Okay, thankfully, I have an uh, attorney on the podcast, so we're gonna we're gonna attach that. Let me go. Uh, we're gonna unpack that. Let me go from the top. You're gonna give yourself an upgrade. Okay. 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 That is not a makeover. Now, I always am a huge advocate that, and I make all of my team do this. You, mu- if you're a female, you must put your makeup on. If you don't wear makeup, that's fine. But you cannot coming in look disheveled. You must have your hair brushed. I don't care if you pull it back. There's no standard except for maintain yourself, right? And I own image-based businesses. I'm an interior designer. This is a design firm. This is a high-end retail store. Come to work, but it makes you feel better. Well, how you present yourself is the first impression to anyone. Absolutely. So, but the upgrade, that word upgrade, I'm talking about if you are in a business setting, okay, this is your job, no matter what area that you work in, and you're feeling like you don't have the skill set, go get some education. It doesn't mean that you have to have a college degree or a higher college degree. It means if you are now finding yourself struggling with an Excel spreadsheet, why don't you go take a class in Excel? Why don't you you go get the skills to be better than everybody else in your job at that specific trait. Maybe it's Photoshop. Maybe you're in the graphic industry. Maybe it's interior design. I don't know. Maybe it's retail or food and and, um, beverage, any industry that you're in. If you're flailing, take the time out of your life and don't use the excuse. Oh, I don't, I have kids. Yeah, I have kids. I have a lot of them and I have multiple businesses, but I'm telling you, if I had to take some beautiful photos, I would figure I would go take some classes on Saturday morning on how to use my camera. Well, it's even easier than that now. You can take webinars at any time you want to, your leisure from home. Absolutely. We've done so many marketing webinars. There's so much out there at your fingertips. That's what I'm talking about. The more that you know, the stronger that your skill set is, that is just going to help build your confidence and that's going to help you with the indecision. I love that. All right. So that's a good one. What's another one? Okay. This is one that I struggle with which is procrastination. Okay. Okay? okay. And it's not procrastination with everything. I am not by nature a procrastinator, right? I, I have my to-do list. I check off. What I procrastinate with are the things that I like to do the least. And my mentors have told me that is the absolute opposite way to handle things. You procrastinate because it, it's stressing you, you're, you're going to struggle with it. It's not your skill set. Mine is accounting. I am not a mathematician. I despise the accounting and the bills. It's a special mindset to like playing with numbers. Oh, I envy those people because I am not one. And I put it off and I put it off and I get behind. So I do procrastinate. But what I've learned now is do it first and think of how much better you're going to feel. And that sounds, you know, kind of, kind of silly in that regard, but if you really, truly tackle what is going to be your stressor, you're going to have that much more self-confidence about it, 
especially when it's over. And then the next time you won't have so much angst about it. Sure. Okay. So don't procrastinate. Don't wait until everything is just right. It will never be perfect. I thought that was a really cute quote. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Okay. So what if you make a mistake? Accounting, for example, something you hate having to deal with. Well, what if it's any decision? What if that's your biggest fear? I'm going to make this decision and it's going to be the wrong decision. I'll use accounting. You can't mess up the numbers. These are my businesses, Correct. you know, and I own a vendor mall. What if it's somebody else's numbers that I make a mistake on? That's why I procrastinate. But again, it only gets worse and worse. Ask yourself, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? What's the worst thing? If I make this decision and it's the wrong decision, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Can it be undone? Can it be remedied? If it's something real, real serious, I mean, if it's, you know, if you're in a big company and this is worth a ton of money, then maybe you do need to ask for help. And maybe that's not a bad thing. But if these are everyday things and your manager is looking for you to make decisions, that's one real fast processing question. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? Sure. I can't remember who it was that said it, but a very prominent uh, entrepreneur, again, from many years ago, the comment was, you can only have one great success after you've had at least 10 real bad failures. I like that. And I can't remember who it was, Carnegie or somebody along those lines that, yeah, for every one success, you have to have 10 bad failures. Sure. And, and we've and all had them. Right. I've had failures, a lot of them, and I will continue to fail. Whenever something doesn't work out, my business model is completely different than it was six years ago. We pivot, yes. we regroup, and we try something else. And we keep trying and we keep trying. It's like failure. It's, it's having that self-confidence. I will just chew it up and spit it out. You know, I had a whole business based on consignment. Doesn't work. No, no. Fundamentally did not work. Completely dropped it. But again, I, I tried it. You could call it a failure, but my business is still open. Right. And we you, just switched gears. You pivoted from it and moved on. Well, let's, let's go okay. to the next one. We talked okay. about giving an upgrade. We talked about don't procrastinate, but give me one more. Okay. But I want to leave in there, making sure you ask yourself that question. What's the worst thing that's going to happen? That's okay. just a, a real action processing step that in this list needs to be there. Hope you guys are taking notes on this. Okay. If you're in your car or you're working out, you can go back. This is a funny one. Um, it's really a mindset where if you said, stop taking yourself so seriously, life in general is supposed to be fun. And I can hear the naysayers. Oh, come on. Like that sounds so hokey. No, but really, really, you know, design your life. That's my hashtag. Hashtag design your life. That is my branded hashtag. I love it. And that it goes to this point. It should be fun. I love my jobs. Are they stressful? Yes, but they're still fun. I wouldn't keep going. I wouldn't push as hard if I didn't love it. Now, some of you, you could be in a dead end job. I understand that. I wouldn't, that's a whole topic for another show, but quit taking it so seriously. You know, I don't, what do you want for lunch? Who cares? Go have something fun. <laughs> Go have something that's going to bring you pleasure. And that is the mindset. It doesn't all have to be so heavy. Some of these decisions, if you think about them more lighthearted, they can be more lighthearted, but it's a mindset and you, and you have to, and I know that that's hard and I know that that's hard when you're stressed, but if, if you can truly sit in that pocket, like asking yourself, what's the worst thing that's going to happen? Ask yourself, why is this so difficult? Why? What about this? Could I take off the pressure and think about it a different way? Well, that makes sense. I understand. 
then that one completely. I like to have fun. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Give me another one. So really just supporting decisions with your visions and your values. And this goes back to me being that 16 year old girl and not having any idea who I was, you know, this may not make every single decision where, okay, are we using green copy paper or are we using yellow? What does that have to do with your visions? But it's about knowing yourself. It's about trusting yourself. You know, there will be bigger decisions in work than, than what color paper do we need to use? There's going to be, you know, situations at work. What if it's, you know, should I leave this job? Should I branch out? Should I switch careers? Should That's I get not. an extended degree? These are the decisions, the big ones that, that yes, you have to wrestle with. And if you're really stuck in indecision, that's more on the level that you really have to know yourself. You have to know your core beliefs and you have to know your visions. And maybe you need to write them down. Maybe it's, it's something that you need to go back and, and spend some time just like that therapist did with me. She asked me these tough questions and we wrote them down and I probably still have that journal where I did that work. And I can look back and say, this is what makes me me. How is this decision going to affect this, uh, my values and my core beliefs? Well, that one makes sense. All right. Well, in the interest of time, just give me one more. It is the most important. It goes into that skill set, but it's practice makes perfect. And, you know, it, that we've heard that our whole lives with every sport, with every math test, with every spelling test, whatever it is, practice makes perfect. You're going to get more confident because you've got more practice, your skill set. I, I talked on getting some skills, but absolutely practice, practice, practice. And just by nature, you will get stronger. I have a kid right now in my own house, my child, and he struggles with some self-esteem. And every night we go outside, we're throwing basketballs, we're hitting baseballs, and we're throwing a football just to build confidence just to practice. So when he gets around his buddies, he feels more confident. It is so basic, but it is building that foundation in him at a very young age. So he's not me. Well, it sounds like you're trying to remove basically the fear in that. Absolutely. This is all fear-based. Anybody ever heard there's a fundamental principle, there's only two emotions, love and fear. And all of this indecision, all this lack of self-worth, self-doubt, it all sits on fear. And, you know, with my own kid, with me, with anxiety, anxiety is fear. It is a rational fear. That is the definition of anxiety. And the more that you can build your skill set, build your confidence, practice, stop taking it so seriously, ask yourself the question, what's the worst that can happen? I think that is a real comprehensive list that you can even build your team. You could take that list put it in your break rooms and, and really have your, your team really follow it, have a training seminar, let them listen to this podcast. Yeah, that, that's a good idea. Right. Listen to the podcast or, or pull these bullet points out. Well, thank you, Heather, for reaching out. What phenomenal. And I really hope that this has helped and anybody else listening, if you've got an idea for a show, by all means, I am on all the social media. I'm not on Twitter. I'm on Instagram and Facebook, a status life with Lita. And I have a Gmail, statuslifewithlita at gmail.com. Uh, there's multiple businesses, but that's through the podcast. That's the easiest way to find me. And I, I'm here. Hashtag design your life, right? I will unpack mine. You know, I have been bruised. I have been bumped along the road, but I am still here standing strong. And I love 
that my listeners are reaching out because they want some of what I have. Yeah. I like how you have people that will come into the store and tell you, Hey, I've listened to your podcast. A lot, all the time. Oh, well that's, well, of course, cause it's, you know, near our region, but a lot of people come, you know, they want to see me. They want to see the face behind the podcast. So that's why we're here guys. And that's why we're doing it. And I hope you can all understand that's why we postponed design trends for next week. Cause those are going to be around a long time, but when somebody reaches out and they need my help, that's when I'm going to jump two feet in and really pause everything else. Well, I know you told Heather to, to listen today and I'm sure she will. Yes. I'll be curious yes. to hear what she has yeah, to say. Send me an email, out. Heather. You've got my phone number now too. Uh, we're friends. And that's also a great part of this process is building friends all over the world. Right. Being a podcaster. Well, go to the website, go to Instagram, go to, to all the other platforms, check out the uh, status market, uh, check out the shops at status, all those wonderful places that you can learn a lot more about not only Lita, but also her store and, and all the businesses that she owns. <laughs> uh, again, busy is the key word and, and full speed is also the other. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Status Life with Lita, presented by the Status Market, uh, the shops at Status, and the law office of Derek M. Hayes. Don't forget that you can enjoy any of our podcast episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Status Life with Lita. This program is also available on your favorite podcast app. Until next time, for Lita Brooks, I'm Derek Hayes, and you've been listening to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X.